You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. To big noon sports. We're off to a flying start here. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy day before the Masters begins over in Augusta, Georgia. It's one of my favorite events of the year. All eyes are going to be on Tiger Woods. What can Tiger do? Can he summon the magic one more time? He's won at Augusta five times. This is his 25th appearance. And yesterday at his press conference, uh, Tiger, you know, he's being increasingly honest and increasingly reflective. And uh, and he was asked, you know, how many how many more competitive rounds of Augusta National does he have in him? And he said, I don't know. And he said, uh, I know uh, guys on the I know more guys on the Champions Tour than I do the regular tour, which means he's getting old. And uh, he's 47. He's, yes, 47. And it, it, it's uh, going to be difficult, I think, for him to be competitive. Uh, but I, I do also think that if there is one major tournament that he can win, it is the Masters. The problem, Matt, is that the elevation change at Augusta is really dramatic. And, and Tiger has said that, that, that the, the main issue he has is sort of uh, fatigue from, uh, from walking. And it's not an easy walk at, uh, when you're strolling around Augusta. And, um, you know, he knows his body's no longer the same. Um, and, you know, he uh, had to battle uh, to make the cut last year uh that was really just incredible feat i think that uh, uh after nearly losing his leg in a car crash he was able to come back and make the, the make the, the cut um but you know he's got the game he's got the game you see flashes of it it's and and, and at least on thursday and friday it's going to be warm and i think that will help his body and then we'll see what happens with the weather on the weekend. But um, I, I think he has a great chance to make the cut. And then who knows? Anything can happen. But it would be right up there with one of the stories of the year. Gosh, we've already had a great story of the year. And that's the women's. You basketball. think it, him winning 
Do you think him winning the Masters would overtake Caitlin Clark as the story of the year? It, of course, it, we're it, only I, into April. Uh, I know. I think it would. I think it uh, would. Yeah. Just uh, because it's just so, it would be so improbable. And um, it, look, I, I just, I've always admired Tiger. Um, you know, even with his personal failings, hey, we all have personal failings. None of us are, are perfect. That is for sure. Me included. Very much so. But um, just his uh, the way he has represented the game, the way he has brought people into the sport that normally wouldn't be playing golf and just uh, his pure magic that he uh, he he displays on the golf course on a regular basis, you know, is made him. I, you know, I think the greatest player of, of all time. I don't think we'll ever see another Tiger Woods, at least a player who has had the global impact that Tiger Woods has had. Would you agree with that? I would agree, especially with the last part of your statement, because no golfer in the history of this planet has had a greater impact on the sport. Or maybe nobody's had a greater impact on the sport, any sport. But I, I'm, an, I'm a Nicholas guy. Nobody thought there'd be another Nicholas and Tiger came along. But it just the, here's the one stat that I roll out there when you just compare golf between Nicholas and Woods. Jack Nicholas, and I'll probably need to double check here, finished second in 19 of the Grand Slams. Just let that sink in. Second, 19 times. A stroke here or a stroke there, he would have been in the 20s as uh, far as the majors that that he had won. So, But even Nicholas, even Palmer, they did not have the impact on the sport that Tiger Woods. And uh, we draw the comparisons all the time now. But uh, I think it's equally impactful what Caitlin Clark is doing in women's basketball. By the way, did you notice that – ESPN suddenly started showing a lot more WNBA. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, not not a coincidence. No, not uh, at all. Christian Miller, uh, Christian, what are your thoughts on Tiger? Like, what what have you thought of him? You know, watching him when you were a young kid and and seeing the progression of his career. Did you ever want to be like Tiger Woods? Yeah, I mean, he was my favorite golfer growing up. You know, my dad kind of spoke on it, you know, yesterday, seeing a guy like Tiger Woods, a uh, guy who's actually biracial. Um, uh, always enjoyed watching him and, and following him. You know, me and my brother used to play all the Tiger Woods video games growing up. And, you know, he was always on the cover of him. But he's the face of golf for so many people my age. And uh, it's hard not to root for him. Um, so, yeah, you know, and I think his ability to kind of be, you know, uh, resilient, you know, through his ups and downs, you know, even off the course um, was always in- impressive. And, um, you know, nobody's perfect, but um, he's definitely has had his fair share of off the off the course incidents. But, uh, you know, his ability to come back from them, you know, always stood out to me. And then, um, you know, most recently in, in 2019, when he won the Masters, I, I just remember I was glued to the screen and, um, you know, I, I saw so many people. Um, that I know never watched golf before, but they were watching Tiger Woods and what he was doing in the Masters in 2019, and it had them into golf. And when he won that event, um, you know, everyone was just celebrating. You know, you know, old, young, black, white, everybody was just so happy um, because he he's just been a trailblazer in, in the sport, at least for my generation. So uh, I'm a huge fan of Tiger Woods. 
not sure if he's going to be able to, to get it done. You know, y'all were kind of mentioning it. He's kind of creeping up there in age. You know, he's, he's, you know, battled some injuries and the fact that he's still competing at a high level is impressive in itself. I mean, I, I will say I, for golf though, is, is 47 really that old? I, I think honestly, if he didn't deal with that accident and some of his other injuries and the back injuries and whatnot, I, I think he really could play at a very high level for, you know, uh, uh, ample amount of time, but I think those things are are what's really kind of hindering his performances. But you know, I'm a big Tiger fan. I'm, I'm definitely pulling for him um, in the Masters, and I'm excited to see what he can do. And anytime Tiger's playing well, um, you know, the golf world is always you know electric and excited, and it's just so much better when Tiger's doing well. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It it, it really started with the back injuries, and then the knee. And, uh, you know, his swing was just so violent, right, for so many years. And, and you, you almost knew he couldn't sustain that. And that's why he one reason why he was constantly remaking his swing, readjusting it and uh, uh, in, in trying to, you know, just get it fine tuned in, in different ways. And then the car accident and, and, you know, and through it all, he especially after the car accident, he has sort of uh, shown a vulnerability, which I think makes him more human. He's much and, more likable, and, I would say. Yeah, it makes I, him more. I likeable. agree, hundred percent. It makes him more like accessible. Like right. we, it's like, oh, he's, he's one like, of us. He is like me. Yeah, he is like me. And 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 yesterday, you know, he said, "Look, I'm because this is the quote. I'm very lucky to have this leg. It's mine." Yes, it has been altered, and there's some hardware in there, in there, but it's still mine. It has been tough, and it will always be tough. I understand that. Uh, that's why I can't prepare and play as many tournaments as I like, but that's my future, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Um, and again, like you just can't imagine Tiger saying something like that when he's 25 years old and at the, at really at the peak of his powers. He's bulletproof. Yeah, and that led to his sort of personal downfall, I would think. Uh, it was hubris uh, that catches all of us sometimes. But um, I, I, I just hope he I hope he can make the cut and I hope he's hanging around on Saturday and Sunday because you're right, Christian. It just injects the tournament with so much more excitement. Yep. And just like, ah, oh, what's Tiger going to do next? Uh, can he catch the leaders? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also interested in seeing Justin Thomas and and Rory McIlroy. I mean, there's all sorts of storylines. And we're going to get into those storylines uh, next when we come back with uh, Mike Bracken, who is a former PGA caddy and the uh, head coach, Matt, at uh, Jefferson State. Uh, I've uh, gotten to be friends with uh with him over the years and he's he's quite the storyteller so he'll, he'll be a great guest coming up he will and that'll be on the other side of the break but uh, i remember first meeting him back when we were doing the show with jay barker and he came in and he's just you know caddies are delightful characters you know from <laughs> fluff to brack uh there's a guy named tommy anderson that's uh he uh, he loops for a couple of uh couple of guys on the champions tour but uh caddies you want the inside story go to the caddy and that's what we're going to do on the other side of this break good afternoon you're listening to big noon sports from t-town to the plains 
This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny and very warm this afternoon. A small chance of a shower, the high 87. Mostly cloudy tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, the low 66. Tomorrow, cloudy with a good chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Sports, Lars, Christian, Matt, and we're going to be joined now by Jeff State Golf Coach Mike Bracken, who's also uh, he's uh, carried a few bags on tour too. Um, Mike, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm going to leave with this question real quick: Is is this to me golf this week with the Masters is the equivalent of a uh, the opening day for Major League Baseball? I mean, it's here. Let's embrace it and let's love it. This is, what does the Masters mean to Mike? It's golf season. You know, it's uh, like you said, it's the first major of the year. So it's kind of like opening day in baseball. It's uh, it's here. Brack, everybody wants to know, can Tiger Woods pull off a miracle and, and be in contention on, on Sunday? What's your assessment? What are you hearing about Tiger and, and how he's looked uh, in, in, in his practice rounds over at Augusta? Well, uh, you know, I don't think Tiger, he wouldn't be there if he didn't think he could win. Uh, you know, I've spoken to a few guys that that's actually, you know, played a few holes of golf for Tiger, and he said he looks better than ever. The biggest thing with me is, you know, walking that golf course for, for you know, let's say, five or six days in a row. That's going to be the tough part for Tiger. Mike. And in, uh, what do you think, just in terms of like what, what you saw out of him last year, did he have the game to, to actually uh, contend in tournaments or was it just the fatigue that ultimately undid him? You know, I think it was the uh, fatigue. I mean, it's, it, it, the, the leg is like y'all said earlier. It's, it's lucky to be there. I mean, it's 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 his, right? And uh, it, 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 you know, the game of golf is hard when you're healthy. And what Tiger went through and, and what he did last year was unbelievable. Uh, so you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt to see him there on Sunday afternoon somewhere around the leaderboard. Uh, I'm not going to say he's, he's going to win, but I wouldn't doubt to see his name up there somewhere. Mike, besides Tiger, who are some other golfers that you, uh, you get your eyes on uh, in the Masters coming up? Well, what I did is, you know, with the with the two tours now, you you should say I, I kind of picked two guys, and uh, I like John Rahm and Patrick Reed. Oh boy, Patrick Reed, how thrilling! <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just I just saw some something in his eye. I mean, it's, you know, I watched the the telecast on on the Live Tour, and just he had that look in his eye like he was ready this week. Well, he'll probably keep his parents off the Masters again. Okay, I'm not going to go Patrick <laughs> Reed seal. Uh, hey, uh, I was reading earlier this week 
that Augusta had made a major change on 13. Are you familiar with that? And what, what did they do? Well, they moved the tee box. Uh, I don't know exactly how far, you know, but they, like they made 40 it, yards. It, at least 40 yards. I mean, it could be, could be 50 or 60, but it's going to be a little different hole this year. And I'm excited to see what happens. Brack, what is your analysis of this split, right, between the two groups, between Liv and the PGA Tour, and the impact it's having on the game? You know, this is just coming from guys out there. I'm on the Champions Tour. You know, I, I still caddy for Scott Verplank on the Champions Tour. And I would say, you know, guys out there are, are probably 50-50 out there. You know, they're, you know, some are for it, some are against it. Uh, my biggest thing is, I mean, if they're going to give you the money, I mean, I hope I'm not wrong by saying this, but go get it. Mike, give us a little walkthrough kind of what it's like to be a caddy, you know, working these events and working with these golfers. You know, how much are you involved and in kind of what's the, what's a, a typical day like for you? Well, you know, certain caddies have different days, but I used to, you know, I show up on Sunday nights wherever we are. And uh, first thing Monday morning, I would be on the golf course, charting the golf course, you know, uh, doing the greens, seeing which way the ball is breaking and stuff like that. And pretty much spending all day on Monday and then, then meet your guy on uh, Tuesday. We play a practice round. Uh, you know, kind of figure out what clubs we want to help the tees and stuff like that. And any questions he has, and I should be able to answer. And then Wednesday or Thursday, we have a pro-am. Is where, you know, we play with four amateurs, uh, which is just a fun day for those guys. And uh, and then, you know, that, that usually lasts five or six hours. And then it's to the to the to the range and hit some balls and practice and then before you know it's for uh, we play three days we play friday saturday and sunday and then before you know it's friday morning so it's, it's time to go mike are there certain courses that are more demanding on a caddy than others yeah for sure uh you know a lot of golf courses would like certain dog legs that you know you really have to to know the lines to where to carry and you know the angles to the greens and, and stuff like that uh uh, Augusta being one, you know, the, the, the slopes and the greens are so, so big at Augusta. Uh, but you don't really get to see on TV. If, 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 you, if you haven't been there in person, you need to, you get the chance, you need to go check it out. Mike, you, you've caddied for uh, uh, several different guys. Um, what is it that makes for a good golfer caddy relationship like like what is every is everyone different uh, what what the what the, the the golfer is who you're working with or is there some like you know just basic things that you you need to establish to to make sure that that relationship works well we we all kind of know each other going into all this i mean you know you don't see too many first-time caddies especially on our tour uh, coming out. So, you know, we've been around each other for 25, 30 years. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you get the job in with a guy and his bag, you know, opens up or, or something. And, and, you know, it's just a good fit. You know, your buddies to, to begin with and you kind of know each other. And, you know, if you like sports or if you like, you know, fast cars, you like, you know, going out to, the shopping malls, whatever it may be. You, you kind of know that going in, and, and you just kind of have to play the role. Mike, 
in, in terms of, of golfers, what makes a good golfer? Now, obviously a guy, you know, that, that scores well and is consistent, but are there certain physical tools that, that makes up a good golfer, some intangibles that you notice? You spent time as a caddy and now you're a coach. What would you say kind of makes up a, a good golfer? I tell you this day and time is how far you can hit it. I mean, if, if you can hit it 350 yards, uh, you're a pretty good golfer. Uh, but you know, they're, they're, they're talking about changing the ball. So the, the, the biggest thing is to be a good golfer is, is just kind of keeping the ball in front of you, you know, not making mistakes, uh, you know, just, just keep the ball in play. I mean, that that's, that's the good golfer. What's uh what are the toughest holes at Augusta? All of them. Lay <laughs> uh, up. I mean, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm being serious. I mean, I, yeah. You know, if, if if I had to tee it up, I, I, I think it's every single one of them. I mean, you know, geez. I mean, where do you start? I mean, well, why don't you I just tell say, us what makes what makes twelve so difficult? Well, it's the wind. You, you really never know where the wind's coming from. It kind of swirls up in those trees. And, you know, we go by a wind chart out there, and, and, and a lot of times the, the, the wind chart's not right, and you hit a gust, and guess where it goes? Hey, Brack, my uh, son Lincoln is seven, and he loves golf loves it and he's got a beautiful swing uh and and we really haven't worked with a coach so other than uh getting private lessons with you what should i be doing (laughs) what should i be doing to make sure that my son makes it onto the pga tour make sure he has fun that's the biggest thing with 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 kids you know you're right they're gonna they're gonna do what they want to do you know what sport they want to play and just make sure they have fun i mean you know just be out there with them and I see so many of these uh, parents really tough on these kids and, and they get kind of burned out and you know a lot of good players coming up they just kind of quit playing golf because mom and dad was a little rough on them What's your, yeah, what's I'll, your, I'll definitely not be that dad for sure. Uh, <laughs> smart. Go ahead. Just, I just wanted to know what his best score was. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously trying to get better myself. I'm, I'm not the best, but I'm not terrible. Um, but I'm just curious. You know, what would you, what would you say the best you've ever scored is, Mike? My score? Yeah. I have shot a sixty. Wow. No way. wow. That's my, that's my lowest. Yeah, that's my lowest score. At, up uh, over at Roebuck, and uh, and I guess you would call that kind of like East Birmingham, Alabama. That was years ago, but uh, I play a lot of my golf now at Bentbrook, and you know I shot. I love that sixty-eight. I shot sixty-eight out there Sunday, so you know I'm, I'm not a bad golfer myself. No, you sure? The only way I'd shoot sixty is if I hung them up at the turn. <laughs> uh, hey. Uh, we still have Champions Tour event here in Birmingham, the region's champions. Uh, yes, does Verplank like this course? Does he like this event as many of the champions players say? It's one of our favorite stops of the year. You know, it's kind of like, uh, I think it is. It's it's our first major of the year. So, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, you know, everybody, everybody loves it. It's kind of like our Masters. What's been... Uh, the most challenging aspect and the most rewarding aspect of uh, coaching your your kids at, at at Jeff State. You know, 
but most challenging is, is, is just kind of getting the, the guys to to comprehend what I'm trying to teach. I mean, that, that's that's the most challenging part of my job because you know all they've been doing, you know, since they they were started playing golf is just hit it and find it. You know, they don't understand really how to play golf. So that's the most challenging and, and the most re- rewarding is you know winning these golf terms. We just won Monday and Tuesday, and nothing like seeing you know five. 18 to 20 year olds finally get it together and win a golf tournament. Hey, we very much appreciate you joining us, Brack. We may check back with you at the beginning of next week, just to get your review on what happened at Augusta national, because I think that we all agree. It is just, it's so special. And and it's not just real special to golf to me. It's just a special sporting event period. It is. It is. Anytime guys, I'm, I'm, I'm always a phone call away. All right, thank yeah, you, you hey, thank you, Brack. Thanks so much. We'll definitely reach out to you on on Monday, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You betcha. Um, my Alabama's basketball roster has three scholarship players. If everybody goes to the NBA, everybody goes to the portal and transfers, they will have three scholarship players on their roster. Now, that's not counting the ones they just signed. But, uh, hey, let's talk a little bit about basketball's transfer portal. Is Charles Barkley right? You're listening to Big Noon Sports. to the plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Distinct coaching style, and he's a phenomenal recruiter. So I think uh, he, he's going to fill uh, those voids correctly. And uh, although it may, you know, be a much uh, different team next year, I still think they're going to have success because, again, you got the head coach there. You still got a couple, couple guys returning, and you know, ultimately, it's his system and his uh, coaching principles that I think that kind of you know creates. Uh, what this program really is, that blue-collar, fast-paced style of basketball. So I'm not too concerned about it. Um, it is kind of just the landscape of it right now. You know, they, they, at least they did kind of add the, 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 the new rules moving forward, pretty much where you get that one free transfer. Then after that, it kind of um, reverts back to the original rules of basically having to sit out a year uh, other than certain specific instances that are reviewed. But... Um, like I said, I mean, it, 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 it kind of works out both ways because even though they're losing guys in the transfer portal, they've also been using the transfer portal, um, you know, and getting guys like Mark Sears and, and, and others. So I uh, just got to get used to the new landscape. Yeah. By the way, Lars, just uh, an editorial note here. Great info on Bradley since January 15th. And now I've got to back up a little bit in my criticism of the transfer portal to me. Jaden Bradley's entry into the portal is exactly what it's supposed to be for. He needs to get away, and I appreciate you pointing that out, Lars. Uh, one of the players that is uh, going to come to the University of Alabama via the transfer portal is Jaquan Walton. And I wanted uh, Joe Gaither back at Tide to open his mic up real quick. This guy transferred from Wichita State, 
but he played at Shelton State. Are you familiar with this guy's game? Only slightly. We had uh, we had Joe Eatman, the former Shelton State coach, on pretty recently, who called him the best offensive player he's ever coached. Uh, so I, I think that uh, he's going to be a pretty big asset. The, the The big hurdle, Matt, is whether he's going to be immediately eligible or not. And you would assume that Alabama would not take him unless he would be immediate, immediately eligible. He's taken a pretty interesting career path, going from Georgia to, back to Shelton State to Wichita State and now Alabama. So so he's a four-two-four-four kid, and this is his one, two. This is his third transfer. I think uh, if he's able to graduate from Wichita State, he will be immediately eligible. So uh, I think he's going to put some some work in the classroom between now and uh, the fall to be ready for Alabama. Is there any? I mean, we, and we probably don't know this, but I mean, you might not know this. But is there any reasoning for the number of transfers? I'm just curious. I mean, it just. Um, is it was it play? Because I, I I thought he he did pretty well at Wichita. Is he just trying to come back home? You think, or is there anything? I um, I don't notice no disrespect to Wichita State, but would you rather play for the Shockers or for the Crimson Tide? Fair. I, I think I think uh, I think. Well, you big, said Georgia, then Shelton, and then he got hurt at Georgia. Okay. Uh, then transferred to Shelton and and got got his grades taken care of and got uh, re. Got get healthy basically, and then transferred and had a good year at Wichita State. Okay. I think he just wants to prove himself on a big sta- on a bigger stage. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, because I guess a, a number of spots. It kind of sounded like uh, what was it JT Daniels was the quarterback's name. Kind of kind of getting up there on destinations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about in, in, uh, that? Because the the transfer, all, all, I don't know. We'll start Christian. The transfer portal only getting that one the one free pass, and then you have to go follow stipulations for that second time. I, I like it um, just because, again, uh, we just mentioned Bradley. It probably is best. He probably wants a fresh start. I mean, the, this past season was not easy for anybody, you know, specifically first and foremost, give you know our respects to the victims. But even the people around this campus that are, are you know, somewhat involved just because it was just such a tragedy. Um, guys like that, they, they probably need a second chance. You know, it's just a, a fresh start. Right. Um, or, or anything else might come up. Other guys might sign a letter of intent to a school out west. They might be originally from the East Coast and they get out there and, you know, they, they want to be close to their families. I, I think they should be able to transfer back once, you know, be able to play. Then after that, obviously, um, have it reviewed and kind of limit it. Because, again, you don't want it just, uh, you know, a circus out here where guys are leaving left and right, three, four different colleges. I mean, that, that that's just too much. But I, I think that's the perfect kind of in-between. It's, it's a great balance for both the organizations. Well, I keep saying organizations, like the pros, but for the, both the schools and the, 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 the student-athletes. I, I think it's a great in-between. So I think it's uh, very fair and, and creates parity on both sides. Joe, you, you closely follow Alabama basketball. Are any of the uh, sort of roster defections, guys who have uh, chosen to leave, about out of all of them, which one has surprised you the most? I, well, I'm expecting Bediaco to return. Yeah. If, if if he leaves and, and and ultimately makes that his decision, then that's my answer. He's the most surprising. I think Miller and Clowney were expected to head on in the, into the draft. I was kind of hopeful that Clowney might get a grade that he wasn't happy with. Can he return? He can. It, it, he so can. he's on the same option as Bediaco yeah, and Qu- yeah, Okay. Yeah. Uh, May 31st is their is their deadline. Uh, I. Bediaka would be my, would, would be my choice. Hey, um, I've been looking around transfer portals. Um, Alabama's looking at some big husky guy from Wofford, who I hadn't heard of, 
but there is one player that has entered the transfer portal above all the others that I've seen play this year that Alabama, Auburn, UAB, I don't care. They need to go after this guy. And I'll talk about that on the other side of the break on Big Noon Sports. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Based in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny and very warm this afternoon. A small chance of a shower, the high 87. Mostly cloudy tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, the low 66. Tomorrow, cloudy with a good chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Big Noon Sports, I'm Matt Coulter, along with Christian Miller, Mars, Joe Gaither, Helm. Looking through stories this morning, transfer portals, that kind of stuff. Apparently, there's a big catch coming out of Wap, and he has Alabama on his radar. Guy named B.J. Mack, big guy, block shots, turns the ball over. Uh, he's got game, and uh, Alabama is on his short list of five. Now, the player I was referring to before we went to break is Tyler with an O, Perry. He is the guy that led North Texas to the NIT championship, the big victory over UAB. Uh, he's the guy that also shook jelly and dialed one in towards the end of the game to put the mean green ahead to stay and no doubt on to victory. But 
He says this is okay, guys. I, I need some clarification here. The the headline here about Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry declares for NBA draft. Okay, will enter transfer portal while retaining eligibility. Okay, so, so you want me to read that again? Does that make any sense? <laughs> He's hey, he's sampling uh, every dessert at the buffet. I love it. <laughs> I think it's smart. I don't. I don't blame him one bit. He's testing every every uh, piece of water possible. I mean, I mean, why why not? I mean, they have the ability to do it. Um, it kind of just gives them. I'm not going to say endless options, but um, way more than he would if he just you know did one or the other. So I mean, I, I don't blame him. You know, if you do decide to come back, you've got you know several different options in terms of your. In terms of you transferring, but if you decide to go to the league, you go to the league. I, I wish they would kind of do this for football. I think it'd benefit football players greatly because I, th- I think you know sometimes these underclassmen in football are getting advice from agents or family members who are telling them to go out, you know, go in the draft. You're ready. You can make X amount of money. You know, you don't need to spend any more time in college. But they're getting bad information, and sometimes they go out to these. You know, they go out in the draft and. and they think they're going to be a you know first, second, third round pick. Um, then they end up going sixth, seventh, or even undrafted. And as we know in football, you don't always have that same level of security when you're a later round draft pick or undrafted guy. Uh, these teams have much less invested in you. Um, so it's a lot easier on them uh, to turn around and cut you. And uh, ultimately, it doesn't work out for some of those guys. So I wish football um would have this option because I, I think it is good for guys to be able to test the waters and if not they're they're able to go back to school finish their degree and uh continue their college career if that's a better option for them yeah matt and, and apparently uh tyler perry um he is looking at five sec teams if he doesn't go to the nba and i don't think he will i i don't think he's ready for the nba but uh, florida missouri arkansas tennessee mississippi state and those are the teams that have uh, shown interest in him. And, um, you know, who, who knows? I, I, again, I, I don't think uh, uh, that he, again, is ready for the NBA. He, he averaged 17.3 last year, 3.4 rebounds, two assists, one steal for North Texas. Um, but, you know, when it, when it mattered most in that game, that guy delivered. <laughs> in, the, in the NIT championship, right over Jelly, and uh, it uh, it really came down to a battle between those two, and it was a lot of fun to watch. And he is a heck of a player, and would be a great addition for for any team. I, I have a my sense is that he might be looking at your piggies. Well, I'd love to see him there. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Crimson either. But he was the he was Conference USA's Player of the Year the year before. Of course, was Jelly, but. You consider Jelly's also in this league. And then what about those Florida Atlantic guys? But this guy, Tyler Perry, was selected the MVP or the player of the year for Conference USA. So uh, I still, though, guys, I still put him in the Jelly category. Uh, I don't know if he's NBA ready, uh, even if he gets drafted and gets a shot there. I think he may be like Jordan Walker, and uh, his assets may be better served in Belgium. Or in South America is pretty good leagues too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've uh, I've been over to Israel for a story once and uh, met with uh, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of Americans playing overseas, 
um, there in Tel Aviv uh, for the uh, Tel Aviv team. And if you can sort of, if, if you have the, the sort of fortitude and the toughness to live an extended time overseas and really embrace the culture and the cultural differences that you are going to uh, be dealing with day in and day out, then, yeah, you can have a nice career overseas. I, but Matt and, and Christian, I'm sure you guys know this, that a lot of guys just can't do that. You know, they, they're over there one year or one season and they develop a horrible case of homesickness and they return to the States and that really is the end of their career. But if you can gut it out and, and really embrace the culture you're living in, and again, it, that can be hard, um, you can have a good, you can have a good, you know, 10 year run and, and make good money. It just, uh, I think it just sort of depends on the individual and, and, and whether or not, you know, you, you enjoy living abroad. Does that make sense, Christian? Yeah, no, it does. But I, I, I will say on the contrary, I, I know uh, a few guys that played here at Alabama. Then one guy I actually grew up with um, that ended up ultimately playing overseas. And they, they matter of fact, I think almost all of them, if, if not all of them, uh, are still playing over there. And they actually enjoy it. They're playing in, in different leagues over in Europe and, and whatnot. And, um, I think they actually enjoy it because again, it, it allows them opportunity to travel. I think that is the one, you know, the one hurdle is, you know, getting used to living elsewhere, right. You know, being away from your family. But I think once these guys kind of get adjusted and acclimated, I'll be honest, I think they actually almost enjoy it more because I mean, you know, you're getting paid pretty good money to play you know, basketball. Something you've been doing since you were young. Um, and at the same time, if you're a guy that likes to travel, there's, there's not a better chance to do that. I mean, if you're playing over, um, in Europe, you know, all those countries are, are relatively close. I mean, you're, you're pretty much seeing the world while doing what you love. So it's actually a pretty, pretty good opportunity. And, you know, uh, Christian, it, 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 I, I, my perspective may be a little skewed because, again, I was in Tel Aviv, Israel, and there was, you know, bombings going on. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. So, so you know, I'm thinking Europe, just, man. <laughs> there, was that, there was an element of danger that they that you had to live with almost every day. You know, like nightclubs were getting blown up and in uh, different things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's not living. It's not like living in Paris or London. Yeah, yeah that, that was about to say. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, France, you know, Italy, Germany. I, don't know, I was thinking <laughs> I, I wasn't there. Yeah, okay, that's a little bit different there. Yeah, that, that totally different ballgame. <laughs> I don't think they pay taxes either. That's a pretty darn, that's a really good benefit for playing overseas. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lars, we've got 20 seconds. Do you remember the nickname of the team in Tel Aviv? Uh, I'll find it. We got to know next hour. We're halfway through a halftime on Big Bang, Big Bang Sports. Town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel, clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our 
home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, guys, this, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Hey, welcome back to the program. Welcome to the huddle for at halftime. And- Back out on the field. It's a great week for the Masters. We watch the NCAA championship and Major League Baseball is in full swing. So are my Atlanta Braves. Man, they are playing great baseball. Uh, hate to jinx them early, so we'll just kind of ride that on the calm for just a little bit. Lars, did you find out what the nickname of the pro basketball team was in Tel Aviv? Yeah, it's uh, Maccabi. And uh, it's uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv, and they are a part of uh, it's, it's the, the, the the Maccabi Tel Aviv Sports Club. As it goes back to 1906 when it was founded. Uh, this is way too much information, but uh, they play in the Israeli Basketball Premier League, and uh, internationally they play in the Euro League, which is sort of the top international league the top european league and what happens is a a lot of times uh, uh, kids from other countries especially if they are spotted by uh, an agent early on as, as saying hey they've got this kid's got potential they will send him to play on this uh, tel aviv team uh for like when he's say say 16 years old Right. So he's playing with men. He's playing with grown men 
uh, at 16. Uh, and then he, he spends like 16 years, 16, 17, 18 developing. And then suddenly right at 18, when he graduates and does his high school there in Tel Aviv, but he's essentially sponsored by Maccabi, right? And the, the agent back in the United States. Uh, once he gets the, to 18, he's then draft eligible. And and then, you know, you, you go from there. So it's almost like it, it's a place where, again, kids from, like, say, I was there doing a story on a kid from Croatia. And uh, for the life of me, I cannot remember his name. I only spent a week and a half with him. And I cannot remember his name. <laughs> uh, I think because I was, it was it was really a bad trip. Like I I had walking pneumonia, uh, and and to be in uh, have to travel from Birmingham to Tel Aviv with walking pneumonia was just sort of a nightmare. And I was sick the whole time. Anyway, too much information. But but he ended up being drafted. I think number like eight overall by the Boston Celtics. And not sure if he's still in the NBA or not. So anyway, that's a very long-winded way of telling you that uh, the team that I followed around was uh, Maccabi. Okay. Uh, no, I loved all of that information. Okay, <laughs> I am going to switch to Augusta National. Uh, as you guys know, listeners know, uh, each year the reigning champion of the Masters, in this case it's Scotty Scheffler, gets to choose all of the details of the menu for the champion's dinner. I'll just give you an example here. Scheffler's four-course meal opened with cheeseburger sliders that are served Scotty-style. I don't know what that means. Firecracker shrimp and tortilla soup. Then uh, for the entree, Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish. Accompanied by macaroni and cheese. Everybody's got to have macaroni and cheese. Jalapeno, cream corn, fried Brussels sprouts. Believe it or not, I love those. Um, And seasoned French fries, family style. And it's topped off with a warm chocolate chip skillet cookie. Somebody's got to tell me what a skillet cookie is. I guess that's the way you heat it up or something. It'll be served with milk and cookies ice cream. So, here's my question, Christian. You are a man of the world. You have dined in the greatest places ever. What would you serve as like a um, an hors d'oeuvre, a main course, and what would be your dessert? Oh, man, that's too tough. I, I don't even know. I'm, I'll be honest, man. I... I don't even know off the top of my head. I like the I like the the, the shrimp idea though. Firecracker yeah. shrimp, yeah, got to go with that. Um, man, I, I don't know. You'd be surprised. I'm I'm a very simple guy. Like, <laughs> I don't even know a lot of fancy foods. I mean, I I, I grew up just eating a lot of home cooked meals for my mom. So I'd yeah. probably have the most simple menu possible. I'd probably definitely book somebody to take care of that for me because that that is not my. When I think of food, man, I, I I genuinely think of, you know, grilling, home cooked food, and, and I I'll be honest, I don't really eat at a bunch of fine dine restaurants. I, I really don't. It's not very often. Really, the only times I really, especially like growing up, we didn't really do it too often. But I mean, when I was playing, you know, we used to go to these fancy steakhouses when we, you know, uh, night before games when we'd be on the road. But other than that, in college, all I ate was you know pregame meals and at the dining halls. <laughs> And those peanut butter things, and you know, the, peanut the, butter jelly things. Yeah, Smuckers, the uh, the Uncrustables. Yeah, 
Do you order the same thing when you traditionally go to the same restaurant? Yeah, for the most part. Um, I would say so. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I do like trying new things, but I'm a very regimented, consistent person. Like, I mean, like, I literally eat the same thing for breakfast every single day. Like, Monday through Sunday, I eat the same thing every single day. What is that? Uh, Oatmeal, and then I cook uh, eggs and spinach every single day. Eggs and spinach. That, that, that actually, that's high in protein. That's a that's a good. That's a good well, it's thing. high in protein. And spinach is really good for you. It's got you know, a lot of magnesium in there, a lot of a lot of good nutrients in there. So I, I try to be balanced. And you know, oatmeal um, is great fuel um, for you to help you know get throughout the day. And then uh, lunch. I mean, Matt, you, you know, Lars, you've also seen it. I, I do a lot of meal preps from from you know a lot of stuff we make at home. Um, like right now, speaking of macaroni and cheese, I. We, we we grilled out this past weekend, so I've got macaroni and cheese, green beans, some some grilled chicken in here. Um, those are typical lunches. That or you know some some type of pasta like spaghetti or um, you have you, you know just just all different things. But yeah, and then I like to cook at home for dinner too. So <laughs> this is a long answer, but long story short, I am not good with when it comes to fine dining. Or if, if you had to put me in charge uh, of putting on an event. Uh, with the food, I, I'm probably the last person. I mean, I'd probably have <laughs> the most basic menu. That's just how I am, though. Lars, what do you? What's in Nebraska in you going to put out on the table? <laughs> well, for an appetizer, I really like calamari. I love calamari. Um, you know, and also the uh, at Fleming's they have a, what's called a seafood tower. Yeah, Se- <laughs> seafood tower is. That really sounds terrific. good. That sounds good. <laughs> It's about four feet tall. I'm not kidding you. When they bring it out, the whole restaurant looks like you just won the Stanley Cup. That's about (laughs) how big it is. (laughs) What's all in there? Oh, man. Uh, Well, you definitely pay for it, okay? Uh, (laughs) Oysters, a little bit of lobster. Mm. It's really good, but you're right. It's like 60 bucks, I think. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's like crab claw. There's lobster tails, um, crab, um, just uh, all sorts of uh, really really good stuff, um, and you can get it in in tiers. But uh, but I would go calamari, and then uh, man, I just go uh, filet mignon and baked potato. And uh, the the green would be asparagus. Yes, love asparagus. Um, and then the dessert would be, boy, uh, probably creme brulee. Creme brulee is usually what I go for when I go to a nice steakhouse and and you know really like do it right. You know, when when money doesn't matter and you're on a <laughs> you're on either uh, the corporate account of your company or somebody else's corporate account. Um, yeah, I go all out for the uh, the, the creme brulee and then, uh, you know, and then a little nightcap. So how about you, Matt? Oh, um, I would. I'm a big you, you know, this, Lars, because we've dined together. I'm a huge salad guy. So I would have to offer several different types of salad, like a spinach salad, a Caesar's. But my favorite is a wedge salad. Uh, I can just I can eat them all day. I could eat that for my main course. Then I would go with a 
with a bone-in type steak, a ribeye, T-bone, something like that. Got to have potatoes. Uh, I'm with you, Lars. Um, asparagus. Um, and then dessert. I mean, this is about as Arkansas and Alabama as you can get. It would be peach cobbler with a big glop of vanilla ice cream on top of there it. There we so, go. Now we're talking. But, um, but, um, Lars, are you are you a peach cobbler uh, banana pudding guy since you've moved to Alabama? I am. I am. I've, I've, I'd never had either one of those before I got to the South. And now, uh, yes, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I imagine uh, that'd be all right with you too, Christian, having been raised in uh, South Carolina. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my, my dad, man. I really got onto it from him. He is a sucker for, uh, well, he used to really would be a blackberry cobbler, but uh, peach cobbler. Yeah, though, between those two, he's back and forth between those, but then he always would have a, you know, big tub of vanilla ice cream to go with either one of those. And then when I got here in college, uh, these, that we call it chocolate mess. It's like that half baked brownie that with, yeah. with vanilla ice cream. I, I, it's hard for me to say that, but it, that almost that almost is it's either up there. It almost beats those two cobblers. I'll be honest. So have good. you guys ever had or heard of Lefsa? Mm. Spell it for me. L e f s a. L e f s e. It's uh, my mom made it because I, I'm nor we are Norwegian. Uh, you know, a couple generations removed from Norway, but uh, it's a Norwegian kind of it's a traditional flatbread. And it's made of flour uh, and can include like rice potato in it and butter, milk, cream or, or lard. And you cook it on a griddle. It takes a long time to cook. And basically you, you, you end up putting more butter on it and sugar and you roll it up and it's it's absolutely delicious. So someday I will make lefsa and please bring it in. My mom, my mom enjoyed making that growing up. Uh, we're going to stop the food portion uh, of the show here. And um, I, I do have to throw something else in there that Karen and I cook occasionally. I don't know if you guys ever had a cabbage steak. No. No. You cut about a one-inch thick piece right out of the middle of the cabbage, put some olive oil, some salt and pepper, a little garlic on it, and, and you brown it, almost darken it. Um, and most, a lot of people don't like cabbage. It will blow you away. So you'll make, is it lefsa? Lefsa. Yeah. Christian will get some blackberry uh, cobbler and I'll make some cabbage. Hey, um, the uh, Troy and UAB have responded to Hugh Freeze's idea of playing another team during the spring. Let's jump into that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Finding Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny and very warm this afternoon. A small chance of a shower, the high 87. Mostly cloudy tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, the low 66. Tomorrow, cloudy with a good chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship. Championship team, the best sports talk in the state. 
Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back on Big Net Sports, Tim Brando is going to be involved in the hour. He's a huge, massive guy. We'll discuss that among a few other topics as well. Uh, Lars, uh, penalty flag's got to be dropped on you and me leaving out wines. But we're going to save that for later on this week, all right? Uh, let's talk about – Let's. Hugh Freeze really struck a really cool chord when he said he thought instead of spring games, maybe you ought to have kind of a preseason-type matchup with another team. And then he went – Further to say, you know, why don't we play UAB and Alabama plays Troy? I think those were his two examples. Well, the coaches for the Blazers and for the Trojans have come back with their thoughts. Here's Trent Dilford's quote. Please, 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 pretty please. (laughs) That's great. And then Troy's coach, John Sumrall, said he is all for it as well. Digging deeper on this. Uh, Christian, do you really, and, and you're the guy to, to lead us here, do you really think that's ever going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and and I, I totally get why uh, the coaches of, you know, the, the UABs and, 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 and the Troys, I, I totally get why they are all for it. It allows them to have an opportunity to play, you know, against the, these big SEC programs and uh, kind of get a gauge at where their players are at. Um, I just don't see it happening for a number of reasons, but really just like we were saying yesterday, I mean, number one, these teams don't ever even play in the regular seasons. And number two, I I feel like the bigger schools just kind of have a little bit more to lose. Um, But with that being said, I I think it'd be a a phenomenal opportunity. Um, I think, I think the the people that gain the most from this would be the fans. I mean, talking about a, a, a great showing. I mean, people would be excited. I mean, um, to, to, to see their, you know, everybody's already excited to kind of see a preview of what their their respective teams are, are going to look like. Um, but to see them actually go out and play an opponent, I, I think it would be really cool. It'd be fascinating. I think it'd get a lot of interest. But I just don't see, uh, you know, the, the coach like Coach Saban. I know Hugh Freeze is, is mentioning it, but I just don't see Coach Saban necessarily going for this idea. I mean, you just got to think about. Again, I was talking about, you know, the the, like the injury risk, right? I mean. Because again, we're 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 playing tough in, in these spring games. We're going, we're going at it, and we're going back and forth. We're competing, uh, but at the same time, you know, we're we're taking care of each other. We respect each other. You know, if you're playing against another opponent, um, the, the 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 dynamic there is just a little bit different. And uh, I think that's the biggest challenge and the biggest hurdles. Just trying to get the bigger schools to agree to that. I mean, obviously the smaller schools are all for it, but it, the challenge would be to get the bigger schools, you know, all of those guys to, to agree to it. Yeah, Christian, there's no way Nick Saban would go for this, right? No. Like when it comes to big picture uh, decisions he has to make, it seems to me that he, he's, it's viewed through the prism of two questions that he asks himself. Will it benefit us in recruiting? Will it benefit the program? Right. And the answer is no and no. So <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, you, you know, and you got the A-Day game 
that uh, ESPN uh, will, will be broadcasting. I don't know if ESPN would be willing to broadcast Alabama versus UAB. I, I, I don't know. Uh, or Troy or whoever. Um, and I, I just I think the the potential harm outweighs any potential benefit for Alabama. And and if Alabama doesn't want to do it, it's absolutely not happening. Um, it, it would have to start, I think, somewhere else in the country and become very, very popular before uh, it was seriously considered in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, no, I, well, I agree, Lars. And, and I will say, I think, you know, the thought process of Coach Saban would be, look, I have all these uh, highly recruited, you know, five-star guys, four-star guys. In our A-Day game, you know, even though we're playing each other, we're playing against the best of the best. You know, what benefit would there be by us playing a lesser opponent? And I, and I mean that respectfully. There's no disrespect to a Troy or a UAB. I mean, Trent Dilfer even said in when in his clip, when they asked him about him, like, yeah, like, I mean, we technically be playing against uh, an opponent um, who's supposed to be much better than us. Those are his words. I mean, the, if you're realistic, you, you know that. The the players on, a, on Alabama or an Auburn are going to be much better players than, than a UAB or Troy. And, and again, I say that in a respectful way. But I, I think that's just the, the, the biggest the biggest thing there is, you know, in Coach Saban's mind, like you said, Lars, like how does this necessarily benefit us? And, yeah, you're playing someone else, but even when you play each other, I mean, you're playing the best of the best at a school like Alabama. So I think that's going to be that's probably going to be his thought process. Christian, how much evaluation is done by the coaches of the spring game performance of the players? And is it is it ones versus twos or is it ones V one? Um, and, and, and you're right. I hadn't thought of that. Like, what is the benefit of playing a team that you could crush by 70? Right. Like right. in terms of when you are trying to figure out roster spots, depth chart, and I, I'm assuming you use the spring game just as another, you know, piece or a, a, another factor in making your ultimate decision of how your depth chart is going to stack up. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll say I'm sure there's, you know, quite a bit of emphasis on the spring, but it's not like a, you know, a do all take all. It's not like, hey, you know. I had a, a, a solid spring. That means I'm locked in. I'm penciled in as a starter. That's not necessarily how it works. It's, it's more so where it's like uh, you're you're going out there. You're, first and foremost, you're trying to become a much better football player. This is the time to work on your craft. This is the time um, to to learn the system. You know, just go out there and compete. That's what it's about. You know, there, there's no records. There's no. Uh, playoff implications. I mean, you, you, right now is the time for you to go out there and work on your craft. Um, and, and from there, it allows the coaches to kind of look at guys and, and, and say, all right, this is what we're working with right now. You know, how, how can we uh, put this guy in position to make plays coming up in the fall? You know, how, how does he benefit our team? You know, what kind of competitor is he? Um, and that's what they're looking at right now. They're not, not you know, Guys are going to mess up right now. They're not looking for perfection. They're looking for guys that they can say, "Hey, we can we can count on this guy uh, come in the fall. We can rely on this guy this guy to contribute to help our team uh, be a much better team." That's what they're looking for um, in the spring. And so, as a player, you know, I, I always, you know, I never took it lightly. You know, I, I treated it as an opportunity to showcase my ability um, because that's number one, the competitor in me. And number two, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, play football for a few months after this spring. So, 
you know, you, you don't want to take it for granted. And so, um, you know, at Alabama, we, we always were highly competitive. Like I said, we, we were very competitive, but we take care of each other. Uh, but the scrimmages were intense. You know, we're going back and forth. We're going at each other. But then A-Day comes, and then we – I wouldn't say we tone it down, but we just know that's kind of like the, you know, the, the final uh, day of spring. You know, we put in so much work. We've already, you know, battled it out in these scrimmages. You know, we're, we're going to go hard in this game, um, but we're also going to protect each other because, uh, again, the last thing you want to do is go out and hurt your your, your own teammate. But, no, I, I think, you know, we, we definitely take it very serious. I, I know – I always took pride in the spring games. I, every spring game I played in, I had at least uh, a pair of sacks, every single one. And I always, cool. took, yeah, I always, took, I always took that. Uh, I was very proud of that because, again, I mean, typically, you know, the guys that are banged up or injured, you know, the starters, they they normally have their surgeries around this time, so they might be out, and then it, it bumps you up on the depth chart. And there was a number of times that I was bumped up on the depth chart um, during the spring, and so that allowed me to to go against the ones and show what I could do. And so when I go in these spring games, I, I, I knew I always took it very serious because I always wanted to showcase my abilities to the coaches. So that's kind of my thoughts on the spring. Before we go to break, what did you think of fan day when, uh, you know, you got a chance to interact with the fans and it's like the running of the bulls, right? To get to Nick Saban. Uh, and that's, that's the, that's the thing during training camp, right? Like, like one of the first weeks of training camp where the fans come to practice and afterwards they all line up like the whole hundred yards of the football field. Yeah. To meet them. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was cool. It was really cool. It gave the fans, you know, early look on uh, our team kind of get familiar with us. But what I really liked was, you know, afterwards, I know everybody was more concerned about getting an autograph from coach Saban, but, I thought it was great that we had our table set up and that they could uh, not only get our autographs, but they could kind of see us and interact with us without our helmets on. They could kind of, you know, put a name with a face and get familiar with us. And I always uh, enjoyed that because, you know, normally when people watch us, half the time they just see us with our helmets on. I've had so many times where people don't even really know what guys look like. They just know their name, you know, and then the guy in a helmet. Um, but a day like that, that fan day, it allows them to watch us in practice, see how hard we work, see what we go through every day to, to be successful. And then they get to interact with us afterwards, get an autograph, greet us, and kind of put a name with the face. It's really a cool scene, but I, I, I draw shy of doing it myself. But I have seen like 60- and 70-year-old guys sprinting across Blackton Stadium to get to Nick Saban first. And, of course, they're edged out by throngs of children and teenagers. So, anyway, hey, guess who's coming up? Uh, Tim Brando. We got some congratulations headed his way as we head to break on Big Noon Sports. Go, 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 go. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Congratulations and celebrations when I tell everyone that you're in love with me. Listen, Cam. Congratulations and jubilations. I want the world to know I'm happy as can be. You won't believe where I dug this song up. But anyway, thank you, Joe Gaither, for finding it. The name of that song is Congratulations. 
by an incredibly oh. popular British musician by the name oh, man. of Cliff Richard. Uh, <laughs> but congratulations, man. Three-year deal. Way to go. Well, thank you, Matt. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be, uh, as they say, making other team photos. Team photos, whether you're a player, a coach, or even a broadcaster, matters. So I'm very excited about it. It comes at a time uh, that's very, very important uh, in my life, I think. And um, to know for the next three years uh, what I'm going to be doing uh, at this stage of a career and for my family to know is uh, magnificent. Fox has been great to me. Uh, it was a wonderful place for me to uh, wind up. I said the last time uh, I re-upped with them back in 17 that uh, I could see the finish line uh, where where I was. And I think a lot of people misinterpreted that. Uh, that, that didn't mean that I felt like I was uh, winding down or backing off or maybe not going to work uh, anymore or retire. What it meant was uh, this is the, the, the last spot that I plan to be, that I, I've i worked in enough networks and had enough transition uh, over five decades and, and getting close to 40 years, you know, working nationally on sports television, that this was where I wanted to, to see my the finish line. You know, it's still a ways off because I think I've got a lot of wood to chop and a lot of um, – a great uh, games and, and, and maybe great game calls in my future. So uh, to have to have this happen uh, so quickly because it was, you know, it was the end of a contract, but, you know, usually those things take time and, and it's, uh, you know, maybe early June or late May before you find out that everything's been taken care of. So in a lot of ways, this was one of the quickest uh, and easiest uh, negotiations uh my representatives there are had, and that really means a lot to me that they, they they think that highly of me at this stage of my career and feel like with their portfolio of college athletics especially, that having me on board uh, is meaningful to them. It's certainly meaningful to me to be with them. Tim, your, uh, your internal motor is still revving at a very high level. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> but did you consider just slowing it down a little bit? Did, uh, did Mrs. Tim Brando uh, uh, try to influence you to, uh, um, to you know, take a pause for a while? Or, or, or did you just want to go to keep the metaphor going full throttle ahead? No, no, it's full throttle ahead, Lars. I, <laughs> uh, you're right. I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do, and I'm very energetic about uh, delivering a broadcast that people think uh, is a big deal. And, you know, I've done a lot of games that <laughs> aren't necessarily big deals in my life, but I've always thought that it's a big deal to those watching, no matter who the teams are, no matter what the game might mean. Uh, friends and family and uh, of the people that are playing the game or coaching the game are always going to be uh, excited about watching, you know, those people that are special to them play. That's true in any sport. And so uh, I tell a, a lot of the young men and women that I mentor, remember, it doesn't matter how large an audience you have. What matters is those people and the people that love those people that are listening if you're on the radio or watching if you're on television, how you're delivering for them is a really big deal. And um, 
I, I, I live by that code. Uh, and, and, and I think that it does, you know, it, it will flourish over time. You know, it's, it's a lasting uh, process because uh, if anybody says anything to you about what they like in a broadcast, it's, it's first and foremost going to become about energy and enthusiasm. And, and, and I think likability will always follow that. People want to hear and, and, and see people that they believe are enjoying what they do. Uh, those that don't, <laughs> those that don't, you'll hear from on social media because they're just miserable. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> and, and uh, but I, let me say this, though, uh, social media, especially uh, since this announcement was made yesterday, I went out and played some golf. Uh yesterday and because the weather was going to get bad today and it has and uh, I came home and, and I couldn't believe all the wonderful things that were being said not just from colleagues and and friends and whatnot but also from the general general population it was uh, it was really nice even a few people that had had, uh, had been critical of me in the past were were very nice and that was uh, that was really wonderful to see so hopefully with um, uh, my advanced stage of uh, of uh, of since I turned the 18th birthday, I see it was the 18th anniversary of my 49th birthday. I think when maybe you get a little bit older, people will look past some of the uh, uh, past failings, maybe in their minds that they thought you had. <laughs> Tim, we just saw uh, UConn uh, be named uh, national champions. What were your thoughts on that game, the Final Four, and, and the men's tournament in general? I thought it was a great tournament. My goodness, it was just a magnificent tournament. Uh, we saw all kinds of history made. You know, you have to remember this is a three-week event, and I thought every week uh, it delivered. I thought even the Final Four delivered uh, big time. You know, that shot, you know, when you have a pull-up jumper for San Diego State to beat FIU in the national semifinals on Saturday, that is just Incredible. I mean, and it, when you see it happen in person, and I did, uh, Terry and I were about seven rows up at midcourt. It was awesome. And the building was still full, and I don't care what the seats tickets went for because there were no so-called blue bloods that were there, although I would argue now Connecticut's got to be considered one with its overall number of, of uh, national championships going back since 1999. They've got five of them. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the bottom line is uh, it was a great overall tournament. The championship game left something to be desired. Yeah, uh, Connecticut had control of that game. They did uh, give up one run, I think, in the second half by San Diego State to cut it to five. They allowed it to get a little bit interesting. But the game itself, uh, I, at no point did I feel like uh, San Diego State had enough to win the game. Uh, but that's just a, that's a championship game. That's one out of a gazillion that's played over a three-week period. So I thought it was remarkable. Um, the the women's uh, tournament, particularly the Final Four itself, the Final Four itself, not not the overall tournament, but the Final Four itself, justifiably won the hearts and minds of many, and uh, that was incredible for their game. I'm 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 really happy for. Uh, women's basketball. I've done plenty of that in my career. Countless Tennessee UConn games I got to call both at ESPN when, when Gino was really getting that thing going with Rebecca Lobo and company and later Diana Taurasi. But also at CBS, we had 
a gazillion of those games with Pat and Gino going head to head, and not none of those games, none of those games were as transformational as um, as the two games that uh, captivated people that Iowa South Carolina South Carolina game on that um, Friday night, and of course the Sunday final between LSU and Iowa. Uh, that Friday night game was just awesome, and I think that uh, they lit it up so much that night that that's the reason they had almost 10 million viewers on Saturday. Is Caitlin Clark the best female basketball player Tim Brando's seen? Boy, that's a hard one, Matt, because, uh, you know, I saw Lieberman. I saw um, I saw Cheryl Miller. I called Cheryl Miller winning a regional final the year they beat Louisiana Tech, uh, who was uh, at that time coached by Leon Barmore. They went on and I think lost in the finals, if memory serves me correctly, uh, when she was playing at USC. But Cheryl at the time was unlike any other player we had ever seen. And then I saw Sue Bird. I saw Diana Taurasi. Uh, She certainly has, I think, Matt, the ability, if her game continues to grow, which it likely will, um, she's a combination to me. She's a combination of uh, she's got the she's sort of the female Larry Bird or or even to Pete Maravich to some extent the way she passes the ball she's yeah she scores, yeah she scores a lot but she doesn't um, dominate the ball she's looking to make great passes too and in that game against South Carolina that's what was the most startling thing to me was watching her distribute the ball. And make that inside player Warnock, who's kind of a load down there. She's uh, she's really good in the post. She got the ball right where she wanted it because Clark was making these great passes. But then, when they really needed buckets down the stretch, I think she scored every point from about uh, five minutes five minutes left in the game to the end of the game. She scored every bucket. So she she has. I think a little Larry Bird in her, or 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 I would even say Pistol, Pistol Pete, but but also she 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 shoots it just like Steph Curry. I mean, her shot and her quick trigger is absolutely Steph Curry esque, and 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 that is just an amazing thing to think. It's it's limitless her range, you know, and she makes it look effortless, and she gets it up so fast, even though her launch position her launch point is relatively low anyone trying to close out on her can't get there before the ball is shot um i mean she was just off the charts good i mean it <laughs> and i think in the future in the future with uh reese and these great players of lsu returning we could have a magic johnson larry bird kind of rivalry just between those two i hope they i hope they launch a home and home series those two those two programs That'd be terrific because the the sporting world's eyes were opened uh, yeah. this past weekend yeah. to college women's college basketball. Tim, can you hang through the break? Absolutely. All right, Tim Brando, we can be. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. 
This is Big Noon Sports. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against covid Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar spirits destination work is a part of all of us working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter that's why the alabama department of labor and the alabama career center system is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA. An equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny and very warm this afternoon. A small chance of a shower, the high 87. Mostly cloudy tonight, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight, the low 66. Tomorrow, cloudy with a good chance of showers, possibly a thunderstorm, the high 75. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Coming up, Coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on The Game starting at 2 o'clock, we'll talk to Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. We'll talk to David Morse, QB Country. We're going to break down quarterback development all starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. question you're not going to get all week and you may never have gotten it in your flag but first Kristen needs to tell everybody what they need to put on their feet that's absolutely right and uh tim probably could use some of these i'm sure he travels a lot walking through the airport uh, i'm talking about good feet arch supports these premium supports they eliminate and alleviate all types of pain foot pain knee pain back pain they're personalized for your specific needs, lifestyle, or profession. I use them for any and all circumstances. It's remarkable the difference that they make in such a short period of time. It's try before you buy, so you've got nothing to lose. If you like them, you can walk out of the store that very same day. So stop into your local Good Feet store today. In Tuscaloosa here, that's Midtown Village. Or you can go online and make an appointment at goodfeet.com. Again, that's Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or go online to goodfeet.com to make an appointment. Good Feet, improving the lives Two, uh, two feet at a time. So, Tim, if you haven't tried Good Feet Art Sports, I, uh, I recommend them. They're very good. I don't know if you have any back or knee pain. I know you travel a lot, so you might be dealing with some. I know I do. Hook him up oh, with a free bear, yeah. and he'll love them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that's hey, the first know. time. I'm going to request for the first time a gift, not cash, but a gift from Big Sports, okay? I want to try okay. those because I walk the golf course. There you go. Uh, that's you know, I, I get 13... I, I got 14,000 steps in yesterday walking at Southern Trace. Uh, I usually have a cart partner, so if we have a steep hill sometimes on the back nine, I might I might hop in to get to the next tee. But I love to – I play better golf when I walk uh, the golf course. And the combination of that – and I always, by the way, walk in airports. I don't take trams unless I absolutely have to and, and because of maybe a, a, a close connection. So, yeah, and back problems, lower back, largely from a lot of time spent on airplanes, you betcha. You know, I'm popping the the ibuprofen big time uh, (laughs) at this stage of my life. So, yeah, I would love to try that one time, and and, uh, I'll I'll get you my address, and and, uh, hell, I'll I'll say nice things about them. Absolutely. Hey, you're perfect. Yeah. All right, Tim Brando has won the Masters. What is your selection for your champion's dinner? Give me a couple of orders, a couple of entrees, and a couple of desserts. Uh, see, I want to keep it Southern. I'm sorry. I I just am. I'm going to open with a little chicken dumpling soup. You know what I mean? Chicken and dumpling soup. And then uh, after that, we got to have some uh, some greens. You know, not, not spinach, but greens. All right, you gotta have greens, and 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 something that I never have now that I used to have and love and miss: chicken fried steak with cream gravy. Chicken fried steak, because I want all of those golfers, particularly from the far west, the far east, to understand what the hell we're all talking about when we say <laughs> chicken fried steak. <laughs> I'm gonna make them eat that. All right, uh, with some mashed potatoes and gravy. And some good green beans. I'm talking old style green beans with some, uh, you know, some onions inside. That's the way to go. Tim, uh, again, you, as mentioned, you're a big golfer. Uh, you love the sport. I love the sport. Do you give Tiger Woods a chance this weekend at Augusta? 
No. I do think he'll be on the leaderboard. I think he'll be around by the weekend, and I do think that uh, he might be mm, more of a second page, maybe third page guy on the weekend. I think uh, on this golf course, particularly with weather being a factor, and trust me, you're going to get plenty of rain from us tomorrow, either overnight, in the middle of the morning, whatever. And it'll be coming to Augusta and affecting, I think, more uh, on Friday than Thursday. But certainly the weather is going to come in. And what that means is, fellas, it's going to be a, a, a bomber's course again. Uh, anybody that uh, hits it a long way, because you're, gonna, you're not going to get much roll. Uh, you'll also see the guys uh, get, get the greens to be receptive. So I think the scores will be lower uh, at the top because uh, the greens are not going to have the speed that they might normally. We all want the, the greens to uh, get a little hard and dry by Sunday. I hope that is the case so we can have our, our usual back nine on, on Sunday. Or or should I say, because it's Augusta and I used to work the event, it's the outward nine and the inward nine. It's not the front and the back nine. Okay, let's remember those things as we watch uh, on digital on masters.com uh, tomorrow. Um, that's that's what I worked on for three years there. And, and uh, but by the way, I will I will say this. It is the one event I miss most since I left CBS. And I never did it on their air. I did it only digitally. And it was just a blast going there for the first time and getting to do it for, for three years. And I, those digital guys are on from the top of the morning all the way to the last shot, either on feature groups or on Amen Corner. Hell, they're even at the they're, they're even at the practice tee, and I, I love watching that stuff. I do, and so getting to do it uh, for those three years was a lot of fun in the time that I was there. Well, if not Tiger Tim, then who's your pick to win it all this year? Well, I, I think John Rahm uh, is is due to have a great Masters. He doesn't have the same scar tissue. Uh, at the tournament, has not performed particularly well there, but that means he hasn't had the scar tissue. Those that have, you know, even even Spieth, who everyone remembers winning there, and even you know guys that have, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy, who who could claim the Grand Slam with a win. Clearly, those two have a lot of pressure, but they both have scar tissue. I'm going to go with Rom. I'm going to go with Sandy Burns, my Louisiana boy that just won the World Golf Match Play. And uh, Scotty Scheffler, to repeat, would be my, my third choice. And keep an eye on Max Homa. He'll be my sleeper pick. He's a character, too. He is. Wonderful. A wonderful follow on social media. Hey, uh, Timmy, thanks. God bless. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Masters. And uh, we always appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for all the kind words by all of you. And all of your listeners, and all the best to the young guys, the Robertson kid who's calling ball in Alabama, Roger Hoover, and everyone else there. And get well. Get well. Of Alabama, the man from popcorn and peanuts to the press box. I'm praying for you. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Timmy. You've probably seen their clothing.